Hello, welcome to My Camino, the podcast. I'm Dan Mullins. It's great to have your company. Welcome to my 250th podcast. My Camino brother, Ted Walker, sent me a poem this week, and I'd like to read it to begin this week's podcast. It's by the American poet David White from Washington State in the US. The way forward, the way between things, the way already walked before you, the path disappearing and reappearing even as the ground gave way beneath you, the grief apparent only in the moment of forgetting, then the river, the mountain, the lifting song of the skylark inviting you over the rain-filled pass when your legs had given up, and after it would be dusk, and the half-lit villages in evening light, other people's homes glimpsed through lighted windows, and inside, other people's lives, your own home you had left crowding your memory, as you looked to see a child playing or a mother moving from one side of a room to another, your eyes wet with the keen, cold wind of Navarre. But your loss brought you here to walk under one name and one name only, and to find the guise under which... All loss can live. Remember, you were given that name every day along the way. Remember, you were greeted as such and treated as such, and you needed no other name. Other people seemed to know you even before you gave up being a shadow on the road and came into the light, even before you sat down, broke bread and drank wine, wiped the wind tears from your eyes. Pilgrim, they called you. Pilgrim, they called you again and again. Pilgrim. David White's poem, Camino. Thanks, I'm Ted. It's always wonderful to hear from you. Look, at 250 episodes, um, I'll tell you a bit of background. I was uh, 17 years producer of the number one radio show in Australia. We were unbeaten in all of those years. And the chief executive of the media company I worked for at the time, back in 2016, left to start his own company, Wooshka. It's a podcast hosting platform and It's the platform via which you listen to the podcast each week. You're listening to it right now. It's one of the biggest in the world now, these days. But back then, he was just starting out, and he he asked me my advice. What ideas could I come up with for podcast titles? And I was very much enamoured with the journey that I'd been on my Camino in my heart and in my soul, and I suggested a podcast about the Camino. And he said, sure, what a great idea. So, My Camino, the podcast, was born almost five years ago. It's continued to grow steadily since day one. And Rob actually uses my podcast in slideshows to show small businesses and organizations how they can connect with their audience and create and grow their community. And it's been an absolute pleasure bringing you the podcast each week. It's brought friends into my life, um, people I will care for and share with for the rest of my life. 250 episodes is a lot of work, but a lot of pleasure as well. The most important message I want to leave you with today is thank you. I really appreciate your company, your generosity, and your love. And a very special thank you to my Patreon sponsors. Your contribution helps enormously in terms of resources. It makes a huge difference in the quality and efficiency of the podcast. So thank you. Your contribution is what makes this podcast so special. So here we are at 250 episodes. Here's to 250 more. This is a podcast about El Camino de Santiago, a series of pilgrimages across Europe. Pilgrims rise wearily after sleeping in albergues, the Spanish word for hostel, and dust themselves off. They peer out into the misty morning, slide their boots on, 
hitch up their backpack and head off into the day. They'll walk alongside strangers who become friends, alongside friends who want to distance themselves, and they're happy to let one another have space. They'll tell stories, sing songs, hug, dance, rejoice, cry, pray, celebrate, and grow together. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. I'm delighted you've found us. There are 250 episodes here. Stories of rediscovery, reinvention, stories of healing and of breaking. Stories of spiritual repair, spiritual recovery. Tales of love. People meeting on the Camino and marrying. Now with their children walking the Camino alongside them. You'll find the Camino community to be warm and welcoming. And no matter how you carry yourself across the hills and trails of the Camino, you'll always find someone willing to lift you when you need lifting. The author, Bob Goff, once said, Embrace uncertainty. Some of the most beautiful chapters in our lives won't have titles until much later. If there's one thing I've learned about the Camino, it's on my return home, I find I view most things through the prism of pilgrimage. And it's a great perspective. Once the Camino embraces you, it never really lets go. So I want to play you some clips this week. 25 clips for 250 episodes. The Camino has been such a blessing. And the greatest blessing has been your company. You walking alongside me for this five-year journey. I plan to continue for as long as you'll have me. Thank you for your love and kindness. It is such a blessing. The Camino touches us all in different ways. It's hard to describe it. It's hard to put into words. Here are little snippets of wisdom and clarity from 25 of my guests. Here's Jennifer Wills, episode 77 from July 2018. Sometimes we travel to get lost, other times we travel to find ourselves. And I think in Jennifer's case, she was lost and was found and and was lucky enough to be found by the one person she loved the most. When I asked her, How do you sum up the Camino? This is a great line from Jennifer Wills. I can't say, gee whiz, that was such an amazing, you know, just solved everything instantly. It did not. It was a lot of hard work walking, but also a lot of amazing, amazing, amazing moments. And and I I sort of think um, this is the metaphor I use. It's like um, that's always been in my head. If you can imagine all your worries and problems and things you're trying to, to walk through as a great big giant ball of string inside you, you know, you sort of nail that piece of string down at the start of the Camino and you just keep walking and it unravels for you and you sort of leave that all along the trail. And when you finish, you might still have a, you know, a ball of string inside you. It might be bigger, it might be smaller, it might be, you know, tiny now. But that's sort of how I see it. You are forced to return to yourself. You're absolutely forced to go inside your head and process everything, you know. Rocco Rossi is a pilgrim from Canada who uses the Camino in a presentation talking about leadership. So I asked him how he explains what the Camino is to others, and I love his response. Oxygen for the soul. Uh, (laughs) It literally is that mask that, for me anyway, um, recharges me every time um, I go, gives me incredible grounding and energy. Um, and um, it's it's there for everyone. Martin Jamison is a, a Liverpudlian living in Newfoundland in northeast Canada. I loved his perspective. On the Camino, there's a whole layer of other stuff going on, which is harder to describe, which separates 
the various Caminos from the long distance hikes of the world. It's a spiritual thing. It's a, it's an emotional thing. It's, it's, a, there's a, there's, there's, a, there's something going on, which is, it just draws me. It's a feeling. It's just, it's something different to a long distance hike. It's, it's more than a hike. There's, there's something going on that really gets to you at a, at a deeper level. And I walked down into town that day and I was just on cloud nine. Bill Bennett says every day presents an opportunity. And he had this to say, I love Bill. Bill's one of my dearest friends and, and we catch up from time to time. And I look forward to seeing him again. Pay attention. If you can bring the spirit of the Camino back into your life, in, into your everyday life, then what happens is that you become more aware. You become more aware of yourself. You become more aware of the things around you. You become more aware of the people around you. One of the things that, one of the key phrases that, that has come through in all of the filming that I've done now with, you know, all these people around the world for my intuition film, two words come up. They, time and time again, people say, pay attention. If you want to be intuitive, pay attention. Pay attention to your thoughts from moment to moment. Pay attention to the way you um, interact with people. Pay attention to what you're being told. We are given signs all the way, uh, constantly. These signs, these signs come up that are there to help guide us on our path, uh, on our path to what I believe is the true potential of each person. Each person is born with this potential for something. Whatever it is, it doesn't necessarily have to be grand, but but in the whole scheme of things, we each have a potential, and we are given signs and opportunities every single day to realise that potential. We've just got to pay attention. Here's Bill's beautiful wife, Jennifer Clough, and I asked Jennifer about spirituality and whether we need to work on the fitness of our spirituality, like we have to work to keep fit generally. We've got four bodies. So we've got our physical body, which we can see. That's the easiest one for us to relate to. We've got our mental body, which is which is what we're thinking with, and it will do all the planning and creation and whatever. And we've got our emotional body. That's the one we've really got to be worried about. That's the one that gets afraid and frightened and, and drives us absolutely ballistic and tells us all the time we can't do things. And then we've got our spiritual body. Now, our spiritual body really does need work it does need to be allowed to come forward you give it permission to come forward it will come forward for you but you've got to know it's there to come forward you've got to feel it you've got to develop a relationship with it you've got to integrate it if you're only thinking in terms of brain and and physical body then then the world just seems a very ordinary place. Yeah. You lose that wonderful sense of awe and wonder. You lose the ability, like a child, to to be at one with everything, to be able to play, to be able to have fun, to be able to laugh. My friend Tom Labazinski from South Bend, Indiana. This was a fantastic interview, and I was lucky enough to meet Tom in Lake Tahoe. I think he has the very prestigious uh, honor of being the first person to throw a snowball at me. <laughs> He's Tom Labazinski. Hiking on the Camino 
it, it is so simple. You put yeah. one foot in front of the other. You don't need a reservation. You just follow the arrows. And uh, and uh, where else in the world can you do that? Uh, it it is uh, it gets you out of the uh, uh, the routine, and it makes you so much more aware of your life and your surroundings, and the people you're with. Now, my dear friend Margaret Caffin uh, tells us about having time to reflect. Gives you such a great headspace to think about, oh, I don't know, just, well, like I did, I assessed myself as I walked along, all these things came up in my mind and I thought about them and uh, the day-to-day grind is gone and, and there's no pressure. How did you assess yourself? What, how did you, were you happy with what you came up with? Yeah, I'm very happy with who I am now and, yeah. and the person I've become. I um, I think I'm a lot kinder and a more thoughtful person. Here's my other great Camino pal, Jenny Heesh, and she tells us what she believes is the best thing about being a pilgrim. The simplicity yeah. of being on the Camino. You don't have to worry about anything except putting one one foot in front of the other and you don't even need to worry about that mm-hmm. it's just looking after yourself making sure that that your feet are okay yeah. making sure you've got adequate nutrition adequate hydration and that's all you really need to worry about the guidebook guru john briley and i talk about love in august 2019 this is episode 134 I support, just as you support and as we support each other, we support each other to talk about the things that, that, that in a way should really matter, the big questions. Um, and what, you know, what I'm very clear about, what, what I don't, don't offer, don't share, um, is, is, is what, the, what individual answers we all get, because, of course, we all have a, a unique journey to make. Uh, but we, we, I feel as a as a Caminoite, I feel a very much part of a Camino family. I, I, you know, I've never met you, but I know you, and I know you as a brother, and I mean that absolutely, Dan. I can honestly say here, the other side of the world, never having met you, I love you. You know, I feel that regularly, and now I'm up to this. You are my 131st interview for this podcast. Um, eventually I'd love to get to a stage where people can walk the entire Camino Frances listening to my podcasts the entire way. And, and it's so true that you, that you just, what you just said there, you know, you reach out across the world and I love you. And all of these people that I speak with, I can hear it and sense it and indeed feel it. And love is a very, very important emotion, full stop. And you can, you can prophesize all you like and you can talk all you like about the meaning of life, but really love is what it comes down to. We can talk about spirituality and we can talk about religion and we can talk about faith, but all of those things are based on love. And we, in my view, only get back what we give. So if we give love... We get back love. And being a pilgrim, that was the most overwhelming thing for me, was when you sat in a little cafe and talked to somebody and looked into their eyes and said, I'm just going to listen to you for half an hour. You just talk. Mm -hmm. And you're giving them a little bit of your love. And it, to me, sums up what it's all about. 
And that's a very, very powerful thing you just said there, John. I, I, that's, that's extraordinary. Johnny Walker Santiago from the British Confraternity of St. James talks about the moment he realised he was a pilgrim. All these people walking to the same place that I had, I was walking to and, and all the people that had gone before. And I just, I, just, I just was taken by the whole thing. Above everything, I suppose, was the feeling, the realisation that there I was with my rucksack and I was making my way and I was, I was very happy. And I realised that if all of my anxieties came true, if I woke up and there was no money in the bank, and that if I woke up and the people who loved me didn't love me anymore, and if I woke up and I had no house to live in, if everything in my life came to an end, I could survive simply with the stuff in my rucksack and I could make my way forward. And I found that extremely empowering, um, a very, very powerful experience. Darren Combrink from the South African Confraternity of St. James talks about the Camino Primitivo. For me, the Primitivo was my spiritual Camino, literally. I I think I felt every single pain that you could feel in your body, <laughs> uh, from sore feet to the odd blister. But, you know, when you're walking a spiritual Camino, in, well, in my mind, when I'm in that spiritual zone, for some unknown reason, there is extreme happiness and extreme pain all happening in one big moment, as I would call it. And for me, it was it's not the hardest Camino. The Salvador is definitely a lot more difficult than the Primitivo. But the Primitivo for me was just long because of what I was experiencing. And I think when you go through some sort of a spiritual reawakening or something happens, everything's heightened. My dear friend Claudette Clausen and I talk about being scared. There's so much uncertainty in the world. Let's learn from Claudette. Fear is meant to be there to kind of protect us. But let's, you know, let's put it into perspective as well. Uh, you know, fear is an acronym for false experience appearing real. In the cave days, fear was there to protect us from being hunted down. Yeah. But in truth, we do know now how to protect ourselves, how to take care of ourselves and of others. But it always starts with us. Again, we need to have those healthy habits. And you saying we need to learn to forgive ourselves. Same way we need to learn how to take care of ourselves. We need to know how to love ourselves. The author and blogger Sam Clear and I sat down way back in May 2017. Gosh, it seems like a lifetime ago. He actually walked 15,500 kilometres from Brazil through South America, Central America and North America across Siberia and then from Moscow to the Camino de Santiago. He was walking around the world, basically, in a bid to unite Christians. The rest of the journey, the other 14,500 k's, felt like a mission. And in fact, I remember in Italy people saying, oh, are you a pilgrim? And I'd say, no, I'm not a pilgrim. I'm here on mission. I just happened to be on foot. Sure. But when I walked onto the Camino, because of, as you put it, the Camino mm. family, you realize oh, I am on pilgrimage. Yeah. And you become a pilgrim and you can't escape that. And there are a lot of people, a lot of people walk the Camino for very different reasons. And uh, I remember meeting a Scotsman who said he was walking it for architectural reasons. He wanted to walk from architectural building to architectural building. That, yeah. That's why he was doing it. That's a pretty spectacular architecture. There is. Uh, everyone's there for very different reasons. Yeah. And, and um, 
no matter why you're there, you, you can't escape the fact you're drawn into the pilgrimage. And there was a very distinct feel. And a lot of students ask me, would you recommend walking around the world? And I say to them, no, I would recommend walking the Camino de Santiago. Now, as far as missions concerned, I would recommend doing what you feel the Holy Spirit's prompting you to do. Sure. But no, if you're going to do a walk, the Camino de Santiago. Within that, there is a, a journey, particularly that middle section. That, when it's dry, if you do it in the summer months, it's dry, it's long, it's rocky, it hurts. But that makes Galicia, the, the last yeah. region, so much more beautiful. Lee Roberts is one of my Camino family from my long walk from Lourdes to Santiago in September 2018. He messaged me this week to say he's heading back to Spain to walk from Seville to Santiago on the Camino Via de la Plata. He talked about meeting other pilgrims. Uh, I don't think I was uh, prepared for the impact that uh, the people would uh, have on me. Uh, I had thought about you know, walking for, for days on end. In, in, in something of a solitary fashion. Uh, and I thought, well, how am I going to use that time? You know, to what benefit is that, you know, what benefit is that going to bring? Uh, um, and uh, what, what would be my area of focus? So, so I started to think that, you know, probably, probably a few days before I came out. You know, you know as it transpired, you know, there were very few days, if, if any, to be honest with you, for the whole community. Where well, I did set out and walk on my own. Sure, you know, everybody has their moments, you know, their, their personal moments of isolation, their personal moments of reflection. Uh, you know, and also, you know, on, on a positive note, you know, the moments of appreciation, because how often do we kind of look around and think, you know, well, how bloody lucky are we? More recently, the American pilgrim Peter Schloss is compiling his Camino diaries so his children and grandchildren can walk in his footsteps. And he talks about feeding your soul. Feeding the soul, to me, is finding a way of nourishing your spirit um, and, and finding joy in the middle of everyday mundane existence. And uh, so the Camino and, and a number of other things that I've done are feeding the soul. You know, when you're in the middle of bills and house and work, it's real easy to be overwhelmed to a point that you forget what it's like to be happy. And so things like the Camino and other things that I posted there were my way of taking my head out of water and taking a deep breath of fresh air and looking down the road and saying, there is something further down after what I'm dealing with today. Here's my dear friend Janet Leach, who's chair of the Australian Friends on the Camino, talking about singing in churches along the way. I find that I've got a reasonable voice, but uh, my voice just sounds wonderful when I'm in those churches. And and I get extraordinary responses from people. I was in a, a church near closing time, and I had asked the priest if I could sing. He was the only person in the building, so that was fine. He, he said, yes, that's fine. And a lady came in to lock up and she just stood and listened. She didn't speak English, but she was running her, arm, her hands up her arm, meaning, I think, spine tingling um, or hair raising or, or whatever. And I was just singing Amazing Grace at the time when she was listening. 
so it's it's a wonderful it's a reward for yourself. I, I just yeah. find it very joyful to do that. The Canadian gardener Lyndon Penner talks about legacy. There's places along the Camino where figs are planted. I'm sure they're planted. Um, where they they might have grown there by themselves, but I think some kind person, some forward-thinking gardener said, you know, there's a lot of people who walk this road and they're going to need shade and they're going to be hungry. And I loved thinking about the kindness of another gardener long before I came along because they're never going to know that I was here. They're only anticipating that I might be here. Yeah. And, you know, and I love that. And it makes me think about things in my own garden that, you know, I'm so grateful for people here who 80 years ago planted an apple tree. I can't remember who said it, but there's, um, there's an old proverb that says, a society is healthy when the old men plant trees for the young men. Somebody planted fig trees to nourish us and never got to see, likely never got to see, um, that, it, that it bore fruit physically and, and metaphorically. Here's my friend Lee Brennan talking about yoga, mindfulness and pilgrimage. My philosophy is that yoga and mindfulness are great for your preparation for the Camino, right? So the more that you can cross-train by doing yoga and the more that you can practice some form of mindfulness before you actually get there, the more enjoyable and the more benefit you're going to get out of your Camino. And then while you're actually doing your walking, being mindful of what's going on, first of all, within your body, right? Being in touch Mm, with, you know, are you getting a blister? Are you getting some kind of injury? And how are you going to address that? And a lot of times, if we're not being mindful, you can almost call it bodyful, right? So you're mindful of the body, so bodyful. But being very aware of what's going on with your body and then listening, right? Maybe you need to take a day off from walking. Maybe you need to get different shoes. Maybe you need to make a change somehow, maybe less weight in your backpack, whatever. But you know, you've got to really be mindful and listening to what's going on with the body. So I feel like from the get-go, having yoga as part of your tool, you know, in your toolbox as a tool for yourself and mindfulness makes a huge difference in your Camino. My dear friend Katie Trulson wrote a poem about her experience. As autumn leaves fall all around, the footsteps of the pilgrim sound. Don't wait for me, just walk your way to grow your soul another day. The wind blows down the tree-lined streets. Cafe ahead, we stop to eat. Fresh grown fruit and veggies ripe. The company, a pure delight. As each step hits the ground below, the worries fade, emotions flow. A new day dawns, each day a chance to let go more, to sing, to dance. In cobblestone courts, the music plays, thankful for much better days. Surrounded by old friends and new, my heart is full, my friends are true. And even though we're miles from home, not a day goes by where we feel alone. Each day I wake, so light and free, I finally found what it is to just be. The Australian author Elsa Piper wrote Sinning Across Spain, her account of taking other people's sins on the Camino in order to provide forgiveness. I was keeping a journal, obviously, and I wrote one night very quickly what I call my credo, which was, you know, I believe this, I believe that. And when I came home, I thought, oh, wow, I learned what I do and don't believe, which was a really interesting thing for me. But one of those things is that I believe in confession with all my heart. Now, by that, I don't mean necessarily the Catholic notion of confession. Um, But I do think whether it be 
sitting down eye to eye, you know, with another person. I mean, we're doing a form of confession at the moment. We're in a room together trying to talk as honestly as we can to each other, and I'm prepared to say to you my failings. Mm -hmm. And I think there's something about that moment of, of saying to another person, this is the thing I'm least proud of, this is the thing I regret, this is the thing that caused harm to someone else. Um, I think there's something profoundly beautiful in that, but also profoundly releasing. Here's Vivek Bashan from my 200th episode. I loved this interview so much. You know, the world has changed so much today is that there is no real time to, to even sit and close your eyes and think about that there is some, some force behind it. may not be, you don't have to call it God or, you, or Jesus Christ or Rama or Krishna or Buddha or the Muhammad. But there is, uh, there is a force, there is something there uh, that is there uh, with you, around you and guiding you. My old friend David Barrett, who passed away earlier this year, started his first Camino when he was 79 years old. I met the most wonderful people, all, all so interesting. And I just came back a different person. The first people to notice it were my children. And they said, Dad, you've changed so much. And I didn't realise it, but I, I seem to be a more compassionate person, not judgmental, a kinder person, if you like, in, in, ready to listen to other people. My friend in America, Carl Stickelmeyer. There was a freedom there. If somebody would ask me, and I've heard a few of your programs, uh, interviews, when you asked what word would you describe. And it came to me, this, the same word that a few of the people have said, it was freedom over there. And it was freedom from everything. And, and I think a little bit of even freedom from sin, because you didn't even have time to sin. <laughs> there was so much on your mind as far as getting to sleep at night, getting the, up in the morning, walking away. You just worried about the basics in life, as everybody talks about and that's kind of all we need. And, of course, to strum a guitar once in a while. Here's the ex-San Francisco cop and friend of mine, Brian Danker, talking about what he learned on the Camino. To appreciate. I was appreciating all the gifts that I've been given, all the breaks that I've been given, all the, the blessings I've been given, whether it was my grandmother uh, adopting me when she didn't have to, to uh, uh, God let me get in the Army when... Uh, when I was a 90-pound weakling to survive in combat in Vietnam to, you know, uh, so, you know just uh, surviving friendships and not losing those friendships. And those friends looked out for me after I came back from the service. Those friends to this day are still, uh, still just a phone call away. Yeah. And uh, I, I learned to appreciate, um, I learned to appreciate my marriage more than anything else, because I, I had never been away from Barbara before uh, for this amount of time. The American writer Meg Maloney. It was spectacular, life-changing, and I was excited for the opportunity. I, I love adventure. I love surprises. I love meeting people. So I, I think that I thought that the Camino was going to be you know, great, but it far exceeded my expectations. The American pilgrim Bob Scheidt. It came to me slowly. I'm a, I'm a bit of a slow learner. It doesn't always, yeah. boom, you know, shoot off like fireworks in my head. Yeah. But I definitely know now that was part of the, the same spirituality that I had on Camino 
was available there. And really, no matter where you walk, you have that, that chance. The thing about the Camino is it's so, it's so specialized and you can just follow the arrows and not have to worry about route finding or you don't have to worry about uh, when you're off on the dirt roads and the, and the trails, you don't have to worry about traffic. And uh, it's different. Uh, it's, it's actually even, you have more access to the walking meditation and to let your mind go free. But I still know that I've done a lot of that in different parts of the U.S. Oh, wow, that's fantastic. And, and you say in your note to me, you said that you adore the communitas that you find oh, on the Camino. Yeah. You know, I think, I think a general kind of definition would be that communitas, everyone is equal. Yeah. Is, is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and it comes, you know, I think it comes from the word commune and um, communicating. And there's just so many variations of that, that word. And that's, it's the evening meal in the albergue. And way back in my 16th episode, I spoke with the New York-based writer and actor Ginny Bartoloni. We talked about connection. We found that we, and I talked to my the friends that I hiked with, connected with people from different times, if that, yeah. you know, if, if that makes sense. Because suddenly you realized, especially when they would have these pilgrim masses, so they would have certain churches would have masses at the end of the day that did, you know, I'm, I don't know if you came across this. Yeah that were particularly timed for pilgrims because otherwise, you know, masses were in the morning and you were hiking, so you couldn't go to them. Um, but at home, I wouldn't seek out Catholic mass anymore. But when I was there, there was something about being so exhausted at the end of the day and sitting in a church with all of these people who had just done the exact same trek that day with you, whether you saw them or not, and you just all sat together and rested in these old churches during a mass that I couldn't understand because I didn't speak enough Spanish, yeah. but it didn't matter. There was just this wonderful thing of like, I just need to be here and be quiet and peaceful with these people around me. And my friends and I talked about like, oh, like, you know, people in other centuries who worked in farms and worked on their homes and were exhausted by the end of the day, probably also found this solace in just sitting in mass with their community. And I was like, well, that's something I can connect with. So there you have 25 clips from 250 episodes. I want to take the opportunity again to thank you for being part of this incredible journey with me. It's what makes it so worthwhile and so exciting and so enjoyable. And I don't ever tire of it, ever. I never say, oh, no, I've got to do an interview this afternoon. I can't wait. I get really excited about it. And that's because of your enthusiasm and support. So again, thank you. The author Bob Goff once said, Embrace uncertainty. Some of the most beautiful chapters in our lives won't have titles until much later. <laughs> Thanks for your company this week and every week. Until next week, <laughs> I'm Dan Mullins. Buen Camino. Some-